your king. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Good to see each and every one of you. Psalm chapter 4. Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you, how long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer their sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say who will show us any good. Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Amen. We've uh, talked and sang a good bit about power this morning, haven't we? We have that power that God gives us. We have that strength that God gives us. In our daily life, we have a plan on how to live in and amongst, or around, I should say, and amongst this sinful world. We find that plan or that description of the armor of God in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. Now again, we have been teaching on the armor of God spoke of by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus in chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians. In verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. What have we been talking about, singing about? Power. Where does that power come from? That we have to stand against the wiles of the devil. It comes from God, doesn't it? It's a gift. This power is grace. It's an unmerited favor of power that we have in Him. In the power of His might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Or spiritual wickedness with authority here on this earth to do things. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Brothers and sisters, today's the evil day. It truly is. Yes, I believe it's going to get worse. 
But today is the evil day. The enemy is alive and well today and is active, if not more active, than ever. And especially among those who claim to be children of God. Wherefore, take unto you again the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In other words, and having put on this armor that God has provided us with, yes, it's spiritual armor, having done all to stand, stand therefore, verse 14, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts, of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Keep going. Don't let anything hinder you. Don't let anything stop you from living the life that God has designed for you to live and given you the instructions on how to live it. With all perseverance and supplication for all saints. All right. Now, we started our study uh, a little out of order with Paul's description here. Uh, we started with the helmet of salvation. We saw just a couple things. I won't go over uh, all of that again. Uh, but a couple things. We saw that the helmet of salvation is something that's applied when you're converted. When you're saved. God quickens your heart. What does that affect? When He quickens your heart, it affects your mind, doesn't it? Absolutely. It changes your way of thinking into more of His way of thinking. And the Bible declares that we have the mind of Christ, doesn't it? That's something that we've been freely given. This helmet, it causes us to look straight ahead. And I believe it's meant for us to look straight ahead to Jesus Christ. It's almost got blinders on this particular description that we have here on the board. But we want to look straight ahead to Christ, don't we? We don't want to look to the side. You remember the Lord's description uh, or His uh, story, if you will, about the sower and the seed. Some of the seeds sowed, and it represents the Word of God, being distributed to the world. Some of the seed sowed fell by the wayside. When it sprung up, it had no root. It withered away and died. So we want to look straight ahead to Christ. We don't want to turn to either side of the way. Who's the way? Jesus Christ, He Himself declared Himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And He is the only supplier and sustainer of that life. Alright, we looked at uh, the sword of the Spirit. And we saw that this is representative of the Word of God. The Lord is even described in one place as having a two-edged sword proceeding from His mouth. It's the Word of God. 
It's two-edged and it's sharper than any other two-edged sword. When God saves you, when you're converted, we use that word again, when God quickens your heart, He cuts deep into your soul and shows you it hurts, it stings, it offends. But let me tell you, it's meant to. Because this sword cuts deep and shows you that you've not kept God's law. It shows you your position in Christ, which is in need of Him, isn't it? Absolutely. And then it cuts deep. The Lord puts a new heart in you, doesn't He? Behold, old things are passed away. You have become a new creature. What does He use to save you? The good news. The gospel. The good news that though you're in the state you're in, God loved you to the point of sending His only begotten Son to do what you couldn't do for yourself. I failed. You failed. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But God made a way to redeem His chosen people. The Bible declares that all that the Father, God the Father, gave to the Son before the council halls of eternity, of all of those, none will be lost. He won't lose one sheep. And He has all the power in heaven and in earth. So we can trust in Him. All right. Then we moved on to the shield of faith. We talked about the shield of faith, uh, how it uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. He, Paul says, above all, this is verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. All these are important. But above all those, take the shield of faith. What is faith? It's belief in God. It's belief that though you were in the state that God showed you you were in, again, He sent His only begotten Son who lived a perfect life that you couldn't do, I couldn't do, but He did it for me. No, He knew no sin. He didn't desire to sin. He was impeccable. He voluntarily gave that life up for you on the cross of Calvary, satisfying God the Father on your behalf. You see, you are covered now by this shield of faith. All right, let's look a little bit at the shield of faith this morning. All right. I want you to notice the object of this faith this morning. We talk a lot about faith, but I want us to recognize the object of the faith. What do we believe in? We can have faith in a lot of different things, but the faith that Paul is talking about here is the belief in Jesus Christ, that He not only is the Son of God, not only did He please God, but He is God. He is God. 
So the shield of faith, God is our shield, you see. That's the point. The faith of the shield or the shield of the faith is faith in God. So it's Him who covers us and protects us. All right. This free gift of faith is born of God. It is substantial and solid, this shield of faith. It is impenetrable. Why? Because it's God. It's God. Not only with this shield of faith do we repel sin and Satan's fiery darts, which we just read about, and they burn, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, they set the the mind on fire, don't they? With temptations or doubts about God. Yes, it's a defensive weapon, but it's also an offensive weapon. And we saw that. This shield of faith covers us so that we are able or have the ability to quench these fiery darts of the wicked that are fired at us in our mind. And they are. I said earlier, I say again, the enemy's active. He's active today. And he will pollute your mind in any way that he can. And he has a lot of devices, doesn't he? A lot of ways to pollute our mind against our trust, our belief, our faith in God as our Savior. All right. What are these fiery darts of the wicked? Again, their doubts, their fear. Over and over, God tells us, "Fear not," doesn't He? Why? Because He's with us. That's why, and that's what He tells us: "Fear not, for I am with you." All right. Let's look at Genesis chapter fifteen. In verse 1, Genesis 15, 1. And you will remember this account, of course. Genesis chapter 15, in verse 1. After these things, the Lord, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a version, in a vision. And you remember. This is Abraham, before God officially changed his name, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God was Abram's shield against all of the doubts and fears that he had. And he had them. We could read on. And see, and Abram said, Lord God, verse 2, what would thou give me? See, and I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. He was afraid. Why? He and his wife couldn't have children. Verse 3, and Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad. He brought him outside where he could look up into God's tremendous creation. 
And he said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. He said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and it counted to him, and he counted it, God counted it to Abram for righteousness. Faith, you see. God's divine perfections shield us. And oh, His attributes are many. And like a hen covers her chicks, He covers His children. And they are protected from the enemy. A few of those, we just looked at uh, Genesis 15.1 about Abram. In Hebrews we're told that it was by faith, you see. Yes, Faith was counted to Abram, Abraham as righteousness. But it wasn't his righteousness because he was a human. Every human born after Adam and Eve fall in the Garden of Eden were sinners. Every single one. What righteousness was it? It was the righteousness of Jesus Christ not yet lived out, not yet sacrificed, but as good as done. The same righteousness that we are surrounded by and clothed in today. All right. His divine perfections, they compass us like a shield. They are round about us and protect us. Number one, His power. Romans eight thirty-seven and 39, we see that none can separate us from the power of His love. Why has He saved us? Why does He care about us? Because He loved us from before the foundation of the world. You didn't just become His when you started to follow Him and started to believe in Him. You've always been His. You wouldn't be exactly who you are if the design of your family tree wasn't perfectly by God's design. He's in control, you see. His power. None can separate us. His faithfulness. In His life, He was perfectly faithful to God. I am not. I am not faithful to God as I should be. But praise God, by the free gift of salvation, I'm in Him. And God sees me through this cloak around me. This shield of faith. All right. Again, he lived a perfectly faithful life. We are covered by his righteousness. Why? Because he lived that life for you. He lived that life for me. There was no other. There was none qualified. That's why God sent his son. Oh, and with an audible voice when John the Baptist baptized him, God the Father boomed out and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Are you in Christ this morning? If you are, if you believe in him as your Savior, that he hung on the cross for you, this particular person that you are, 
Praise God. You are His. You are protected eternally. None can separate you from His mighty hand. Again, His attributes cover us. He came and lived that perfect life that God would see us through Him. Jesus Christ is the only name by which we must be saved. God has a plan, see? A perfect plan. Yes, we can go outside this plan, and humanly we're apt to do so, aren't we? Oh, but as we rely on Him and trust in Him, we stay strong in Him and we're able to stand. Having done all to stand... We are able to stand, therefore, because of His free gift of power and strength that He's given us. His truth. His truth protects us. We haven't gotten there yet, but there is a belt of truth that holds all of our armor together without that belt of truth, that armor will come unraveled. And let me tell you, in the walk that we are walking with Jesus Christ, without the truth of His Word, this is the bottom line. This is the standard. We can go elsewhere. We can get all kinds of education and learning. But if the truth of God's Word is not holding our life together, it will come unraveled. It's important that we stand for the truth of God's Word. It holds all of our armor together. His immutability protects us and surrounds us. What do you mean by that, immutability? The fact is that God doesn't change. There's no reason for God to change. There's no reason to change God's Word because it is perfect. God Himself inspired the writers of the Word of God. It's perfect, and it's perfect for us. He doesn't change. Now, mankind tries to change. He tries to change God's Word to suit Himself. But it's not possible because without the truth of God's Word, again, our life that we're living for Jesus Christ will unravel. It will. The fiery darts of the wicked will get through and will impress us. Impress us with change that we could come up with a better way than what God has designated God has designated His local assembly here. God has designated a called out preacher to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. God uses 
the word preached from this ordained minister, in other words, with authority from the church, with authority from God's assembly, this ecclesia, this called out assembly, that's us. God has given us authority to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by the power of His Holy Spirit, He makes it effectual. We send it all over the world on the Internet. And everyone that hears the messages that come from this pulpit, any of them, I should say, could be touched by the Holy Spirit of God and believe it and be converted to Jesus Christ. Drawn to Him. When He draws us to Himself, He draws us away from ourselves, doesn't He? And the ways of the world, which we are so prone to love and to seek after. Man feels the need to change because he's imperfect. He's sinful. God doesn't need to change, does He? No, because He is perfect. And He's not sinful. And He's pleasing to God on your behalf and on my behalf. Again, these attributes, and just a few that I've mentioned this morning, these attributes of God, they encompass us like the shield of faith. It is a shield of faith, but faith in who? In whom? Jesus Christ. You see, He's got us covered. He's got our back, if you will. We are in His mighty and powerful hand. And we can feel that peace in our heart because we know that He's in control. No matter what happens, no matter what circumstances we're in, no matter what conflicts we may be facing, God's in control. And when you rest on Him, there's a song that says, My God will show up and He will take you through the fire again. And He will. Why? Because He's a faithful God. He's faithful to see you through. He's perfect and holy in all His ways. This shield of faith, again, it protects us from the temptations of Satan. They are temptations to sin. They are temptations of doubt in God. Maybe you're going through something and you don't feel like God has shown up. You don't feel like you have received the answer that you need. Cover yourself with the shield of faith. Trust God. It is better to trust God than to depend on man. That's somewhere in the middle of your Bible. And so true it is. God's Word is a shield against false doctrines. And of course, the wiles of the devil. Again, these fiery darts, they burn. They sting. They try to change us away from God's plan for our lives. But praise God, we are protected. Psalm 5.12 says, For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. It's all over. It's all over. 
Proverbs 30 and verse 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Shield of faith in Him. Oh, consider the object of your faith. Consider Him. Psalms 84 and verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun, S-U-N. How are you enlightened to the fact that God's Word is for you? How did you figure out that Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, had you on His mind? Because the Spirit of God shined on you as the sun shines out there today. Well, maybe not today too much. But it's a fact. He's enlightened you, see. For the Lord God, again, this is Psalm 84 and verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun or light and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly or follow Him. Who walked uprightly ever on this earth for their entire life? The one in whom we trust. Jesus Christ. So we follow Him, don't we? Absolutely. God instills His Word into our hearts and our minds. And there where He put it, He protects it. Won't you realize this morning that you're safe in Him? Run to Him whatever your conflict is, whatever your problem is, whatever your situation is, your pain, your sickness, whatever it is, Jesus is the answer for you today. Today is the day of salvation. He's a great Savior, isn't He?